Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And here we are once again. Welcome to another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Allen. Today we're going to do something a little different on Cannabis Health Radio. As regular listeners to our podcast know, we interview people from around the world who have used cannabis to deal with a serious health issue or they have a loved one who uses cannabis for medical purposes. Recently, a new documentary came out that features Cannabis and Kids – It's called Weediatrics, A Covert Medical Mission. It's a very emotional documentary revealing the challenges parents have in sourcing cannabis to help their sick child. And joining us to talk about the documentary is one of the producers, Erin O'Hearn, who has spent a number of years in the television industry, and she joins us from Philadelphia. Erin, thanks for doing this. We greatly appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, quite an honor, and I'm so excited to talk about the film. Tell us about how the idea for this documentary came about. So interestingly enough, the idea was by accident. I was working at the time um, for the ABC station in Philadelphia, which I still work for. And I was interviewing a mother about a cookbook she had published in honor of her son, who was on the severe end of the autism spectrum. And the book was called Cooking with Leo. And it was a allergen-free cookbook. And I visited her home and I sat with Leo and we started talking about the cookbook and his journey. And she told me, and this is going back to 2017, she said, I know the cookbook, you're here to talk about the cookbook, but if you want to talk about something very interesting, we should talk about how medical marijuana has helped Leo tremendously. So we started having a conversation and she started telling me that she was a part of a group of parents, mostly moms who had children who were struggling and they would take turns going back and forth to Colorado to bring back oils and tinctures and all different sorts of combinations of THC and CBD to alleviate some of the symptoms associated with autism, mainly, um, meltdowns, self-injurious behavior, and really just overall improving overall quality of life and happiness. So we started digging a little bit more into the topic and Oaks Media, which I was also working for at the time and Open Water Studios. Um, My phenomenal executive producers, John and Kimberly Earhart said, go for it, keep digging and look into it and we'll see what we got. And so we got to know people like Jason Cranford and, and Erica introduced me to other parents who were going through similar struggles. And we found out that all these people, all these parents were breaking the law because they wanted to help their children. And the government wasn't allowing that. And they really had no other options but to break the law. And so we just started filming and we spent two years spending time with these families embedded with them in their everyday life. And we saw firsthand uh, their struggles, their victories, their frustrations, 
the inner turmoil um, that they suffered and had to endure. And we thought this is, people need to see this. They need to understand that um, it's not black and white and you can't just say marijuana is bad. It's a gateway drug. You shouldn't use it because that's an antiquated perspective. And we hope this movie, what's so unique about Weediatrics is that it does focus on the pediatric use of it. Um, so I think, you know, while it's eye-opening and it's shocking, it's also controversial because you're talking about children, but we really, you know, hope that people get their eyes on this film and understand what this plant can do for these children and these families. And we hope lawmakers see it too, so they can understand, you know, why the laws have been so screwed up for the past several decades. Do you know, no, Aaron, Aaron, this, this, go, this go ahead, Corey. It's not just talking about autism, though, is it? Some of these children are seizures, is that correct? Yeah, so, so we, it's autism, seizures. One of the children who was uh, profiled, to be honest with you, he was really never given an official diagnosis. He had neurological issues um, that included seizures, but he also had cerebral palsy and digestive issues. Um, so you're right. It wasn't just about autism. We felt that we needed to expand it because while it's very helpful with children on the spectrum, there are other ailments that it is um, proven effective for. The reason I think the autism piece is so important in this film um, is that there really aren't any known medicines or therapies for children who are on the severe end of the spectrum. And if there are, if they're given pharmaceutical drugs, they're usually antipsychotics, which is, if you want to talk about the reason why you shouldn't give your, your children cannabis, you really should be talking about why you shouldn't be giving your children antipsychotics, mm -hmm. because yes. that is a whole different ballgame. And and the FDA is very clear on the side effects of, and the long-term effects of antipsychotic drugs. So um, anyway, I, I'll stop talking about that, but you're right. It, it, we show a variety of conditions. Well, it was, you know, it, 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 that was brought up in the movie too. Some of the side effects, like the one little girl who just, who was the sweetest little girl and all of a sudden was so aggressive when she had these pharmaceuticals, you know, it just totally right. changed her. You know, and then the other kids that just become literal zombies on it as well. I mean, I've certainly yeah. seen that working with, with kids before. Yeah, it's quite yeah. sad. It's very sad. It's almost kind. It's almost the, the, the approach is almost in order to eliminate the behavior or the ailment, we have to eliminate the soul of the child. And that's exactly what happens with some of these pharmaceutical drugs. You know, Aaron, one of the things that I mentioned in the introduction that for me, this was very emotional, uh, especially for the children, but also for the parents. You could see the pain on the parents' faces when they were dealing with their child. And take us through some of the, the discussions you had with parents about their children, uh, yeah. maybe even off camera. Yeah. So the, there's two discussions. Well, there's more than two, but for the sake of the time we have, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Erica Daniels, who was the mother who had sort of inspired our journey to produce this documentary. She wrote the cookbook. Um, when I started talking to her, 
and this didn't make it on the film, but she said, I woke up every morning for 10 or 11 years in a total state of grief. And she said, I, I felt as though I was mourning a child and that I couldn't get out of this feeling of loss and hopelessness. And at a certain point when her son Leo started getting older before she found medical cannabis, because she has a, another daughter who is, um, you know, uh, is, is very healthy and thriving um, and is not a special needs child. So she had to think about that too. She was a single, she's a single mom. At one point, she started looking into residential programs for Leo. Now for a mother to have to make that decision, even consider that decision, is probably one of the most heartbreaking um, questions and, and, you know, fork in the roads that you'll ever have to deal with. So she was at that point where she just felt as though I'm going to get hurt, my daughter's going to get hurt, and I have to consider the health of my overall family. Um, and then, you know, another story, the uh, Zartlers who are, are featured in the film, they live in Texas. So they're actually still administering uh, medical cannabis to their daughter illegally. Texas has some of the most stringent laws in the United States. And it doesn't look like they're changing anytime soon. Um, they have, they've had multiple battles with, with the courts as far as guardianship because they've been turned in so many times. But Kara is nonverbal and she is probably one of the worst cases I've ever seen. Um, she would spend hours punching herself in the head and banging her head against the car window. Um, you know, there was a time where she bit her mother's thumb all the way through and her mother had to go to the emergency room. Um, they, they said that if cannabis didn't come into their life, that they would not be together, that their family would be broken, that w- they would have had to divorce um, and their marriage because the stress, like you were saying, of taking care of a child with special needs um, is is really, and, and this has been proven, is equal to that of soldiers in a battlefield. Well, um, if you can, you know, PTSD, big time. Yeah. So um, those were some of the, you know, and then there was another, there Melanie um, Blakenship, whose son, they live in Oklahoma. And, you know, they lived in, in a pretty affluent neighborhood. And it was, a, it was on a golf course. And I remember visiting her when we were filming. And she said, sometimes I look at the other parents in this neighborhood with their kids going to sports, taking them trick-or-treating, having birthday parties. And she said, I get so angry and so jealous. And she said, because I just want to see some joy. And she said, I don't. Mm -hmm. And she said, all the things that you look for, all the milestones as a parent that you envision, you know, before you're a parent, the loss of a first tooth, you know, turning 10, the first day of school, the first home run. She said, it doesn't mean any, it doesn't mean anything to him. And she said, and therefore it, it, there's nothing for me to enjoy from it. So it's these kind of stories, um, the little moments, I think, in life that all of these parents are missing. Um, and it just, it's heartbreaking. And you 
realize that as a parent of healthy children, you take it for granted. Yeah, you certainly do, don't you? The mm-hmm. the story you told about Carob, uh, you have some very dramatic footage of her in the vehicle, and she starts smashing her head with her her little fists, and then they put a helmet on her, and but she keeps doing it over and over and over again. And to as a parent to have to go through that and see the turmoil, the internal turmoil that your child is facing is really, really heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking and it's disturbing that they aren't allowed the opportunity to try to help her, right? I, I think that cannabis has been the only thing that has worked for her. It, and it doesn't, it calms her so that whatever is going inside going on inside her head, which I don't even think doctors can fully explain to us. Whatever is going on, it almost appears, and if you agree with me, is that she's trapped inside Mm -hmm. her own body. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And which is, is really difficult to watch because whatever is going on, however she's, you know, inputting uh, what's around her, it is, it seems as though she's in some sort of prison, prison, or she's going through some sort of torture. So why wouldn't this, if this helps her, who is anyone else to judge? Because I don't think the government's going to take on the care of a child who, who has that, it was that severe on the spectrum or who is struggling that much. They're not equipped to take care of her. Her parents are. And so why not allow them the tools that she that they need in order to give her a better quality of life. Their life will never, ever, ever be normal, ever. And but to allow them some sort of relief, to allow Kara some sort of relief, not not providing that for her, not giving them the access is, in the words of a doctor featured in the documentary, a medical crime. And one of the things that the parents who live in illegal states have to face, and I guess also in legal states, is the fact giving your children cannabis can result in your child being taken away. And mm-hmm. so you're always, I mean, you had some great film of this, uh, this, this couple who the, the uh, Child Protection the Service knocks, yeah. knocks on the door and wants to come in and uh, their their child is taken away from them for... In the oh, middle of the night. In the middle of yeah. the night, right. <laughs> gut-wrenching, just absolutely gut-wrenching yeah. to watch. With, just, oh my God. Do you know the 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 most... And, I, and I've watched that video so many times. That was a, a Facebook Live that she was filming while it was happening. <laughs> and look, I, I don't... I don't know the officers in, in the film and they have a very difficult job, but whoever it was who came to their door and all they said was, why are you taking her away? Okay. They weren't resisting. They weren't giving right. her a hard time. And then for the answer to be, it's just the one daughter as if just the one daughter makes it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how is that? Like, that's the train of thought that, that, our government agencies who are supposed to take care of children and look out for them, that's their line of thought or their reasoning. That makes no sense. One of the other I mean, th- the whole thing was disturbing, but that line yeah. stuck with me 
I, it was inexcusable. One of the other things that stuck with me was the mother who had the adult. Um, he was 23 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she says, when I die, he's... <laughs> who's uh, going to take care of him? Who's going to take care of him? And that was a very yeah. good question. And I don't think any anybody can answer that. Well, they can't answer it. And the... <sighs> The disturbing thing about that story is I'll give you a little context and I encourage everybody to watch the film because this was towards the latter part of the film is that that family, um, they lived in Texas. So they were friends with the Zartlers, Kara Zartler. Um, And without giving away too much information for their privacy and uh, for a whole host of reasons, um, her husband's job, if they were ever caught giving him, giving their child cannabis, her husband would lose his job. So they had to sit there down the street from the Zartlers and watch how much Kara benefited from cannabis and how much their lives were transformed. And she sat there and couldn't do anything for her son because if she was caught, the repercussions would have been so great that they likely would have taken her son away. Her husband would have lost his job and their family would have fallen apart. And do you think he would have been in a better situation in a, in a home? Mm-hmm. He, he wouldn't have. I don't know how they would have taken care of him. Yeah. No. So that to me, the fact that, you know, a, a parent in a neighboring state can legally give their child the medicine they need, but in another state, they're essentially handcuffed and can't is a crime in itself. It's a, it's a really a fascinating film. Was it difficult to get some of the parents to go on camera? Yeah. So that's a really good question. And it's always difficult to get people. I mean, I've been in the news business for a long time, right? And whenever you're dealing with a sensitive topic or something that has, that there are stakes involved, it's always difficult making people understand that their, your story may not only help you, but it's going to help a lot of different people who are, don't have the bravery or um, haven't had the opportunity to come out publicly. So we met many more families than are featured on the film. Mm -hmm. And what we had to do is have many conversations with these different families about the possibilities and the risks involved and what what would that look like and and how would you feel afterwards and what would you do afterwards? And and there were were discussions about legal repercussions and um, plans put in place, honestly, Uh, because there was more at stake than just, you know, a reputation here. This was custody of their children in many cases. But the feeling was, um, and the Zartlers felt this way, if I do this in the public eye, I don't know what politician or what judge is going to disagree with me. Because if you watch the movie and see how much these children are suffering and how much the families are suffering in turn, I don't know who could put a law above alleviating that pain. 
And so ultimately, that's what got many of these families to agree to participate in the documentary. And one of the things that, you know, we say is because, if, you know, I'm coming on your show, we've been on some other podcasts and people who watch the movie say, you know, you guys, congratulations, you did such a good job. We were just filming and putting the story together. It's really the families who deserve the accolades for what they did and how and how they their determination you know, never faltered. Um, and so I can't thank them enough for their bravery and um, being the best advocates that they can. Yeah, they were extremely brave. You mentioned the Zartlers, and they were, weren't they the couple that went to Washington, D.C. to talk to their elected representative, and all of a sudden he couldn't meet with them? And I don't think all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he pretty much planned on that showing up. Yeah. Um, and then they posted yeah, it on Facebook and uh, yeah. we got 100. And then all of a sudden he called them. Yeah. Called them and said, amazing how that happened. Yeah. That was rich. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, Sessions, not it, it's another Sessions. Uh, um, and he's, he's, he's been representing Texas for a long time and Texas needs to change, frankly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing how, you know, you have a a child and a family who's suffering and you're supposed to be representing them and you're working for them yet somehow you don't have a minute to listen to their story until your reputation is at stake. And that was in itself, um, one of the more disgusting moments of the film because, um, it's one thing I'll put it this way. Don't pretend not to be a jerk. If you're going to be a jerk, just be a jerk. But don't, but don't now that it was on Facebook say, yeah. uh, you know, no, 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 I, I am going to meet with you and I care about this. And this is an important topic. It's not an important topic. It wasn't important before you put it on social media. So I, I don't have a whole lot of respect for people like that. And I don't know him personally. And, you know, I, this is not a, you know, political bashing session, but he did that himself. I worked for politicians for years, and you're more than welcome to have a political bashing session. <laughs> you know, Aaron, I, I, I um, don't know how much you know about me, but I work a lot with uh, cannabis and um, sick people, and I've worked with tons of kids too. But, um, you know, all of these parents, they're just incredible. And as you watch that movie, their world becomes yours for a bit. You know, you, you get to yeah. take a look at it. but. There's so many levels to this. Like there's the whole, almost all those parents are going through PTSD. Almost sure. all of those parents are completely sleep deprived. Um, never mind the dynamics of trying to balance a family if you if you happen to have a healthy child as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the whole, what the heck is this doing to your relationship? Do you have any time together? You know, I mean, it's, and then there's just all the life stuff that happens. Like for, for these parents, it's got to be so overwhelming. And then you've got to worry about whether your kids are going to be seized on top of right. everything else. Right. I know. It's incredible. It's the, the, You're right. There are so many layers um, and probably layers that we haven't even touched on, right? Because uh-huh. we, as much as time as we spent with them and 90 minutes, I mean, for the hours and hours and hours of footage that we have, you, you're still not living the life every day. Like we got to go home, right? Like we, at the end of the day, it was like, okay, we're done filming. Yeah. They're never done. No, they are never, ever done. Stiff. It goes and, on. Yeah. 
And, and it's interesting because obviously this was done before the pandemic, but can you imagine then adding that layer? Um, no, but I thought not, about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not having any any sort of go-to uh, just for some some sort of relief during the day because we all know the pandemic was hard on all of us regardless of our situations, but, you know, to not have the school or the, you know, the program that they go to just so these parents and families can have a break um, is so you're right. I mean, there's, there's so many dynamics, not to mention one of the, the issues with the Blakenship family who was out of Texas was that in the very beginning, they, Melanie and her husband didn't agree. They, she wanted to go to Colorado and get the cannabis and he didn't want to go. He said, yeah. it's too much of a risk. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you have that dynamic as well. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's an, it's, it's an unbearable situation for many and it's an impossible, impossible way to live. I, I don't know how they do it. You know, there's a couple of quotes that I wrote down when I was watching the movie from parents, and it said, uh, one of them was, it's heartbreaking when there's nothing you can do for them. And the other one was, my heart hurts. It aches every day for him. Every Mm -hmm. single day, every minute of every day. Aaron, you have kids, don't you? I do, I have three. Did it give you a new appreciation for your children? Well, it certainly gave me a new appreci- appreciation for my children. I mean, it, it also made me reflect on, you know, how lucky I am. And we all as parents, as human beings, tend to want to judge or think that we could do it better. And I'm not talking about these families, but just every day in life, right? Like, especially as, as a newer parent, when you when your kids first go into school, your child has an argument or is left out of a birthday party or your child leaves someone out and, or a child is using an iPad during dinner. And, and all of a sudden, all these things go through your head, right? Because we're all expected to do everything and be a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. And so you start thinking, you know, well, they shouldn't be doing that or um, that's the wrong way. And the truth is none of us knows each other's stories, not really. And we don't know what we're going through And so when you meet someone, and this is what I, the biggest thing that I I drew from it and I tried to teach my kids because they're, they're 10, uh, 12, 10 and eight. So they're old enough to understand is that you really have to remember to be kind to people, even when they're not kind to you, because you just don't know what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so it not only gave me an appreciation for the health of my children, which is pure luck, by the way, like I didn't do anything to deserve three healthy children, just like these parents didn't do anything to deserve a child who wasn't healthy. Um, so I just think, you know, having patience and empathy, which this world could use more of in general, um, is something that everyone is going to draw from pediatrics. not just that cannabis is, is something that can help people, but you have to have some empathy and use some discretion in your decision-making and your opinions, because you just don't know how people live their lives and what kind of obstacles they face every day. Mm, exactly. Erin, how can people view this movie? 
So they can watch it on Apple TV, Amazon, or Google Play. It's super easy. And, um, you know, if obviously if you have Apple TV, it's easy to find. And if you're sitting at your desk and or sitting in bed one night and, and have your computer on your lap, you can just go to Google Play and download it. Same with Amazon. Aaron, how do you sell something like this to Netflix? <laughs> you have to ask Netflix that. <laughs> well, the, you know, Netflix, question. yeah, they, um, they had that, uh, that, that movie weed the people. And I'm, yeah. I was thinking last night, this would be great for Netflix. So uh, we think so too. So any kind of word you want to put in would be great. Um, you know, I think that, uh, open water studios and Oaks media and John and Kimberly Erhard and, and myself, I mean, this is, we're a small production company, right? We don't have, we don't have star power behind the film. This was truly a labor of love. And I think that there's so much competition in, you know, in the TV world in the digital world in, in the documentary filmmaking world that there you know, there has to be a hook sometimes or, or someone that is going to promote it that people are interested in. And, you know, unfortunately, I, well, fortunately or unfortunately, I think that this is just something that we felt super passionate about. And, you know, we weren't really interested in the, in the accolades or the attention after, or trying to get somebody on board. I mean, we'd love it if we had somebody to sort of endorse the film, but we went, we wanted to go ahead and do it anyway. So we weren't, looking for somebody and then producing the film, um, Kim and John, to their credit, I mean, they are, they were just incredibly passionate about getting this done and making sure that people could access it, regardless of whether we had the support of, um, you know, a distributor, which I, I, you know, we certainly would be open to, but we found it much more important that we get it out there um, and get some, you know, attention around it. And if, you know, it gets picked up and, and, and Netflix wants to put it on their air, I would commend them for being brave and taking a risk and doing and thinking outside the box. That's just my opinion. But, um, so yeah, we'd love that. Well, we're going to promote it like crazy. Um, oh, thank you. we posted on uh, a number of Facebook, uh, groups that we're involved with and uh, so we'll do it because I think it's really really worthwhile even if you're not a parent really mm-hmm. worthwhile oh, yeah. just to see what some of these parents and especially some of these kids what they go through is absolutely horrific and uh, we I think what you've you've done and what the the people involved in this film have done is just absolutely remarkable one final question for you Sure. What was your attitude to cannabis prior to doing this film? So that is such a good question. Um, I, my attitude was probably of similar to people my age, which I won't give away my age, but we, I was raised in the era of um, the war on drugs and, um, you know, I can't say I hadn't tried it (laughs) as a teenager, (laughs) But as a parent, I just thought, well, that's an illegal drug and it's a slippery slope. Um, and it was really only after I talked to Erica and started in, you know, sort of investigating it a little bit more. I mean, I knew it had benefits for patients who were un- undergoing chemotherapy who were nauseous. Like I, I was well aware of that, but that's sort of a limited view on it. Right. So once I started digging into it, I realized, you know, what are we doing here? Like why, and, and, and really learning about the history of why it was made illegal in the first place. 
um, I, I had a much different understanding and that's a whole other show, but, um, yeah, I, I can say I'm, I was probably converted. I can't say that I'm a closed minded person or aren't open to changing my mind. So I think that helped. I think it also helped that I, you know, have uh, Crohn's disease and read about how uh, medical cannabis can alleviate a lot of pain and discomfort with that. And it has certainly helped me too. I can't say that, you know, I'm a severe case, but it, um, I've seen a lot of people who've had similar autoimmune uh, disorders that have found a lot of relief from it. So yeah, I'm, I, I guess I consider myself a convert. Yeah, we've uh, <laughs> we, we've interviewed uh, a lot of people with with Crohn's and how cannabis has helped them. Let me uh, let me ask you this: Your 12 year old, six years from now, comes home from uh, high school, and you know it's higher than a kite. What do you say? Mm-hmm. Listen, I think that I've thought about this a lot, just like I thought about it with drinking, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I the, they're kids and they're curious and they're going to try social lubricants, whether that's alcohol or weed. I hope it's nothing else. Um, but I am going to sit down and have a conversation and say, you know, w- what was the situation? What did it feel like? You know, what are the risks involved? Where did you get it from? It can't be a punishment. And I mean, this is... teaching our kids to act responsibly is how I want to approach parenthood. I mean, that's, that's my theory on parenthood is that if you do not keep the conversation open, they're going to do it anyway. So you might as well be open about it and put it out there for them and make them feel comfortable talking to you about it. Great. Aaron, it was wonderful to talk to you. Tell people again how they can view the film. So Weediatrix can be downloaded on Google Play, Apple TV, or Amazon. Amazon. Perfect. It was a pleasure to talk to you, and I think it's a very, very important film. Don't you agree, Corey? Oh, it's an amazing film. Can't encourage people enough to watch it. It really packs a punch. Thank you so much, guys. It really does. Yeah, it really does. Excellent, excellent job, Erin. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to both of you. It was really wonderful. And just a reminder that Cannabis Health Radio is a listener-supported podcast. We have no sponsors, so we rely on the support of listeners to keep us going. And if you'd like to make a one-time donation or a monthly donation for as little as a cup of coffee, please go to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and you can make a donation there. And for those who have done so, we thank you very much. And don't forget to share our podcasts on the social media platform of your choice. Thanks very much for your support. We'll be back next week with another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.